0: to feel what the children are feeling God
1: Almighty
2: <laughs> folks we got it we gotta get good people to stand up against these people <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolut
3: six pack It's going down, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa.
4: I'm D C E P L three E T E E S A four five W O
5: five
0: nine G Z it's Absinthe Six Pack episode 99 and we are broadcasting live. This
6: is a new live son of a bitch.
0: And we got new domain names. You can go to podtard.com for the live show and chat room or for the regular website, shitmyass.com. We got Midnight Mike back on the show. Thanks for coming, man. He's the host of hey. OBDM, one of my ass Hello. favorite
4: podcasts. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning.
0: Thanks for coming back on, man. I, uh, you kind of cut, touched on a lot on the episode before last, but a bunch of the Greer stuff that I'd already pulled some clips about, but I think I have uh, some different ones than you had as well. So
4: we can touch yeah, on that we, and whatever
0: else you want to get into.
4: Yeah, on OBDM, we, we touched on uh, Dr. Stephen Greer appearing on The Alex Jones Show, and Stephen was on there talking about his newest movie, uh, Co- Cosmic Hoax. Which goes into essentially Project Bluebeam, fake alien invasion, manufactured uh, alien crisis, and uh, we only played a few clips. I'm sure you have uh, some some different things, and it's always a topic I love talking about. So I'm ready for anything.
0: Sweet, yeah, yeah. We can get into whatever, but um, I I scrapped the uh, Alex Jones show clips because you had pretty much the same ones I did, but uh, uh, might as well for the people that aren't familiar. With uh, Greer. I guess we, t- we had our three part Blue Beam series and we kind of touched on them a little bit there, but I'll play just like the first minute or so of the uh, the Cosmic Hoax documentary because he kind of talks. It, it's a little nice little lead in to everything he's going on about now.
2: Speaking of conspiracy theories that actually have truth at the bottom of them, the Corona Relief Bill the president signed last month contains a provision that hasn't gotten a lot of attention. It directs the director of national intelligence in consultation with the Secretary of Defense and the heads of other agencies to disclose what they know about UFOs within 180 days. So what are they going to tell us?
6: I provided briefings for four presidents, foreign heads of state, generals, and a sitting CIA director who later
4: betrayed me. I've seen lives destroyed. William Colby has been missing
1: since April 27th. His canoe was found washed up on the banks of the Wicomico River.
6: Friends murdered. Unthinkable evil unleashed on our planet. All to protect this illegal and immoral secrecy. And nothing I've seen scares me more than this unprecedented moment we are living through. We're in the final hour of an agenda that has been playing out for nearly a century. Centralized monopolies of power in government, the defense industry, and the corporate media are all converging on the same narrative that extraterrestrials are real. They're here, and they're
2: a threat. Those are not weather balloons. Those are clearly no. autonomous aircraft of some kind that are, as you put it, swarming U.S. military
1: craft. So These are there craft are two options under intelligent I, control. These are under intelligence control, and they're flying with impunity, Tucker, within our airspace, and uh, they can outmaneuver, outperform um, anything that we seem to have. We need to find out who's operating them, and also what the intent is.
0: Now, the Tucker—I left all the Tucker clips in there because the theory on this show, and I'm sure other people have expressed similar ideas, Tucker seems like he's the golden boy of the blue beam operation
4: uh, maybe I think he's just interested in the topic and he's reporting on the information that uh, he sees and is given to him the the blue beam thing it's <sighs> so there is probably an effort at the highest levels to obviously control information and what people believe one way or, or the other but the when it comes to disinformation, it's about finding people that are genuinely interested in the topic, passionate, and then feed them information, some of which is false and some of which is true. And then you mix it all up together and people can't distinguish between fake and real. And so what Tucker is reporting on, he believes is accurate, real, genuine information. And I'm sure within the reports that he does, there is real information, and if it is manipulated, if if he is part of the uh, Project Bluebeam uh, scenario, then there is fake information in there as well. And people, we can't distinguish between the two. Uh, there, I mean, I, I I keep talking about this documentary over and over again. It's called Mirage Men, and it goes into the disinformation disinformation that was seeded in the UFO community back in the seventies and eighties, uh, through, uh, and it's a story basically about Paul Benowitz and how he was, uh, misled. He had CIA and air force intelligence handlers to kind of get him off the track of what he was discovering and witnessing at, uh, an air force base. And they let him down a a BS path and that information that he, he gained through his BS investigations permeated throughout the UFO community and still persists to this day. And so it's very nefarious. It's a very long term goal. And what we're seeing now, in my opinion, is just a next evolution of I don't know. I don't even know if it's blue beam is it, it, regardless if it is all true or all false it, it mixed up. It is changing the consciousness and the awareness of the general public about the UFO phenomenon. And it's a different perception now than it was five years ago. Now you can, uh, see a news clip, uh, almost every week, whether it's on Fox news or NBC, and they talk about UFOs, what they like to call as UAPs now in a very similar, uh, a very serious manner. So, uh, if it's blue beam, then they, they, at this point, they want us to know that, uh, there's more to come and it's possibly a threat.
0: UAP is not to be confused with WAP. Um I guess so. Yeah. Uh well uh so yeah, I guess what you laid out there would apply to Bob Lazar probably and definitely Tom DeLonge who I have a couple Tom DeLonge clips coming up where they get somebody that's fascinated by the subject and just feed him a bunch of disinfo. Like uh we'll get into Tom DeLonge later but I think he's just he probably is genuinely believes likely even more than Tucker in what he's doing, but he's
4: got a bunch of handlers, literally CIA handlers all around him. Um, it, yeah, and it, it's, it's, it's tough to distinguish who are the genuine UFO enthusiasts that are part of the the deep state or the intelligence agencies. I'm sure there's a lot. I'm sure there are a lot of people that work in the CIA that are curious about UFOs and that phenomenon and uh, what they try to get out to the public is genuine. And they're doing it in, in a very honest way. How do you distinguish those people versus somebody who's in the CIA whose job is to just get out BS to mislead people? What it, what, how do you measure one against the other? You don't. And so us, the public, and people who are uh, fans of the UFO topic are left to sift through what is real And what is fake? And Richard Doland, a UFO researcher who appears on a lot of shows, he's uh, he's 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 featured in the newest uh, Netflix series called uh, UFOs, top secret programs. He's he's peppered throughout that thing. And he talks about to the Stars Academy, Tom DeLonge and uh, all the people that comprise of to the Stars Academy. A lot of which are ex CIA, ex DoD, ex Pentagon people that are 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 leading the charge in that organization with UFOs.
0: Now, did you did you watch the uh, Cosmic Hoax documentary? Because I think I, I I have flipped through it a little
4: bit. I okay. haven't watched it end to end.
0: Right, right. But yeah, because uh, I think if I'm not confusing him with someone else, Greer brings up Dolan as kind of like a willful disinfo guy. Um, but Greer's a hard uh, yeah. guy to really figure out. Um. But just real quick, I got a Tucker. This, I think this is from when he was was back on CNN. If my timeline's right on this, I could be wrong. But he's all, either Tucker has always been interested in UFOs or he's... He's on the long con for Bluebeam, but...
2: This- a former Canadian government official is warning we may be on the verge of intergalactic war, saying, quote, The Bush administration has finally agreed to let the military build a forward base on the moon, which will put them in a better position to keep track of the comings and goings of visitors from space.
0: <laughs> warning about intergalactic war. Back during the early Obama administration, I think that was.
4: So was like- I, honestly, I think it's easier just to find people that are passionate about the topic and uh, let them report. Feed them some information here and there, and then they're going to take the ball and roll with it. Uh, for him being like a full on, like his purpose, like one of his top tier duties, like he's got like five duties as uh, a media personality. And like he is given like one of your one of your objectives is to be a Project Blue Beam agent. I don't know. I think that's a lot to remember and a lot to keep straight. It's best just to find someone passionate and just feed them information and let them do what they do.
0: But is is it... uh, I don't know if it's confirmed, but it's highly at least speculated that Tucker's a spook. Doesn't he have a bunch of intelligence ties?
4: I don't know. Probably. I'm I'm assuming if you're at that level in in the media, uh, you've had some dinners with people that uh, are very tough to get. (laughs) He's He's got his agenda.
0: Yeah. Well, um... Yeah, there, was, there was a lot of stuff in the documentary. Uh, there, This one I didn't know about. I'm not sure if you saw this part, but they talk about uh, the Nixon White House's plan to use holograms for a blue bean-type scenario oh. on the Cubans.
2: Pretty interesting. Could it be manipulated purposely by people who have the technology to uh, simulate UFO sightings? And people say, well, of course not. Who would do a thing like that? Well, I would remind you that during Watergate, during the Watergate investigation, it was discovered that there was a plan uh, originated in the White House to uh, surface a submarine off the coast of Cuba and paint the Second Coming of Christ over the island of Cuba using holograms, which is well within our technology today. The idea was that since there is a large Catholic population in Cuba, Uh they would be so upset by this vision that this would saturate the communication channels, you know, the telephone system in Cuba, long enough for an invasion to take place.
5: How interesting, I never heard of that.
2: Well, I think that's uh, you know a classic in psychological warfare, but that kind of uh, manipulation is, is well understood. And I have personally investigated several, apparently you know, genuine UFO cases where there was, in fact, a manipula- my, my conclusion, the conclusion of scientists working with me was that there was, in fact, a manipulation taking place and that it was not a hoax on the part of the witnesses, but a hoax on the part of somebody much better organized than them.
0: so That's interesting.
4: I, I hadn't heard that one yet.
0: Yeah, that's <clears throat> I need to look into that because uh, it's an old interview they're playing during the documentary. Uh, I can't remember what the source of it was but uh, and then the, this idea that him and the other UFO researchers concluded that it was like you said a hoax not on the part of the witnesses but on the part of someone hoaxing the witnesses
4: and this is where it gets convoluted <laughs> what the like, going on sure what, around that what the heck's going on around here yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I don't know it's um, Greer's basic premise in that is that it's a plan that's been going on for the better part of a century to hoax an alien threat. And in the earliest documentation I have seen of that was like 1918 in Japan. There's like a document talking about hoaxing an alien invasion.
4: Uh, well, I mean, you have, you have the classic story of the world, the worlds with uh, HG Wells, which was the, <laughs> some might consider that to be a test run for project blue beam scenario where he got on the air and broadcast that so we were being attacked by, uh, craft from mars and that uh, sparked uh, a countrywide panic or at least a regional panic where people were so upset that some people uh, threw themselves out of windows or even uh, got underneath the dinner table and cried and uh, were so fearful that uh people
0: shooting at water towers, <clears throat>
4: thinking they were the yeah. tripods yeah that was like that was a, that was a, a test run with these documentaries that Greer does, and I do like Greer, even he's a divisive person in the UFO community, just as much as uh, Richard Dolan. And I like Dolan. I've read a a number of his books and I think he, I think his demeanor is correct. And you stated that some people think that he is a, a disinformation or, uh, an unwilling participant in the project blue beam scenario that we might be going through. And I think, uh, Dolan might even admit to that. I think uh, Dolan's main purpose is to get people on board in accepting of the possibility that a good number of the craft we see in the skies that are classified as UFOs, uh, at least maybe a portion of those, like a small percentage, could be E.T. The rest could be exotic aircraft that you do, that United States has built. But based upon crashed UFOs that were retrieved by by the military that's his goal and if we are being manipulated uh through what the origin or the threat of these ufos really are to richard uh doland he's he he, i don't think he's uh he evaluates the risk of the threat only that he's trying to get people on board with accepting that there is a larger universe out there, one of which we are being visited by E.T. So uh, he does a lot of good research. He might be a uh, just a, an unwilling participant, or maybe even a willing participant in this uh, disinformation campaign because he's all on board with uh, Lou Elizondo from To the Stars Academy, the guy, uh, the uh, the the DoD guy who was part of the eight Tip program. He's he's all about him, um, and so. When you when you're striving and trying to get exclusive information on UFOs, which is very tough to get like new stuff, uh, you might wind up getting into bed with people you wouldn't otherwise do because you're, you're getting the latest and greatest. You're getting the, the most salacious new information about this topic that you've been interested in for 30 plus years. So, yeah, I think uh, Dolan's not a dumb guy, um, but he might participate. In, in, in these conversations, and not really question it because it's you know beneficial to him in some way.
0: I'll but Greer, there, that guy but, bothers me big time.
4: But conversely, Greer, Steve, Doctor Stephen Greer, he's put a, a number of movies, and one of which was a film in 2017 well he did go into some blue beam scenarios he did touch on the topic quite a bit in the and i would say in the last third of that movie and i got i got two clips from that and then i'll explain greer's dilemma in in uh in relation to like richard doland because greer has his own problem so here's a, a two clips each one's about a minute and a half and the uh, the person talking here is Richard Doty talking about um, alien false flags. Here we go. They
7: could pull it off. They could definitely pull it off. Right now, they have the technology to mimic the form, fit, and function of extraterrestrial UFOs. They have the technology. Absolutely. It's seamless, and you can never tell the difference. If they do have a false flag invasion, they're going to use one of these. This is the Hudson Valley Boomerang. This is 1982 to 1989. Over 25,000 eyewitnesses reported this craft. They can use the saucers, the cigars, the pyramids, the triangles as a united coalition. And that's how they're they're going to do it. We're talking about 150 to 172 feet across for the wingspan, which is the identical wingspan of the B-2 stealth bomber. So the question we need to ask is, was some of that $22.4 Twenty-two point four billion used on the B two poured into this program. It's the exact same time frame when they power up and when they accelerate. Um, it looks like a spark off a grinding wheel, and you could never know the difference. So, if they wanted to hoax an alien invasion, they could do it, and they could do it in a way that's a hundred percent
4: believable. So that leads into then That was from the Greer movie Unacknowledged, two thousand seventeen. Here's the the second clip that I got. Uh, which talks about a different aspect to the alien false flag.
6: They started doing all kinds of psychological warfare entrainment of the public by staging hoaxed events such as cattle mutilations. Oh, it's a flying saucer who did that. It's a covert paramilitary program, human. So if you wanted to start indoctrinating people into a false threat from outer space that Werner von Braun warned us about. You would start staging events that look alien, but that are completely man-made, that are scary and scare the hell out of people.
2: UFO encounters are categorized into four groups. Close encounters of the fourth kind include people who claim to have been abducted by extraterrestrials. If you had a close encounter of the fourth kind and you are back, we're anxious to hear from you
6: inner stage left, you got these uh, sort of anti-gravity devices with creatures that look like ETs that are actually man-made robotic systems. They're called program life forms. And you start doing select interfaces with the public.
3: We did do that, yes. Uh, OSI did that. There was a special group uh, out of uh, the 7602nd Air Intel Wing at Fort Belvoir, they came out and did that. They uh, had these uh, people. that had maybe some sort of defects, uh, anatomical defects that were uh, brought brought in to, to to fool people and thinking they're aliens. Yeah, um, I can't give you any specifics because it's still the program is still classified, and they're, they're probably still doing it. I wouldn't doubt doubt it. they were still doing it.
4: So th- I believe that last guy there was uh, Richard Doty or Doty, if you want to uh, call it that or pronounce it that way. But uh, he was featured in the Mirage Man Mirage Man documentary because he was uh, a disinformation handler. He was the handler to Paul Benowitz and fed BS information. It came out later that he worked with or worked for intelligence agencies to plant certain uh, ideas and topics within the UFO community, one of which was uh, a subject called Project Serpo. You ever hear of Project Serpo, Chris? No. So Project Serpo came out, I believe, late 90s, early 2000s, and it was a series of documents that uh, conveyed uh, a scenario which was much like the movie *Close Encounters of the Third Kind*, where there was an alien uh, exchange program, where the aliens took uh, several of uh, like humans, and in exchange we got a couple of aliens. They hung out on each other's planets for a couple years, and then they, they the switch was made back. And in that uh, *Project Serpo* document release or story release, there were a couple of photographs, and Richard D- Doty uh, was at the center of that. And some people uh, were requesting more information from Dodie at the time. Like, hey, can you send us the the original emails you received, Richard, so we could go through them and verify the information you're getting? Because this is like incredible information. And I think by that process, uh, certain people were able to look at the email headers and l- realize that Richard was emailing himself because the IP addresses matched up. So he was... Uh, either inventing this entire scenario or someone was spoofing his IP address and using that against them. It's super convoluted. And that last guy talking there was, I believe, Richard, talking about a military abduction program that he believes is still operating today. Now, it's hard to take him serious if he is a disinformation agent that has been in the UFO community for a while, poisoning the well with information do you take him serious right there you take him at his word is that really happening these my my lab military abduction uh is that still going on is that real or is that made up by him to scare people in the ufo community uh do you believe him with project serpo and that's what i was talking about with this, this information is that there's probably good and true information within these pieces of uh, of data or information but then there's a lot of bunk, like, for instance, with uh, Bob Lazar, if he if Bob Lazar was, in fact, a useful idiot. And he's not an idiot. He's a smart dude. Uh, but if he was brought in to Area 51 to work on these uh, exotic craft and before working on the craft, he was given a booklet. This is according to Bob Lazar. He was given basically a trapper keeper <laughs> full of information regarding uh aliens where they're from kind of like their overall characteristics what is Zeta and, Reticuli uh, or something easy to some some very uh specific pieces of information that he digested and i don't know if he could do anything with that information uh because he was working on the technical aspects of this craft but they gave it to him and i believe that if he was a dis- disinformation agent they they fed him that information to see if those little specific pieces of information were leaked out to the UFO community. And so they could track the source of that leak. And they probably each one of the engineers that worked on that, uh, that project, they gave the same trapper keeper too, but there were different little changes in the, the origin of the species. For instance. Like, so for, for Bob Lazar, uh, his trapper keeper said that the aliens were from zeta reticuli and another engineer they said that the aliens came from the andromeda galaxy so if stuff leaked out they knew who leaked it out <clears throat> and and if it leaked out great well then that's not true at all we gave them a bunch of bunk information and people believe that meanwhile it's our stuff and uh all the while that these craft could be coming from the center of our earth. And I think Bob Lazar even said that he learned through the trapper keeper that the one of the craft that was recovered was through the process process of an archaeological dig. Well, okay, that throws a whole different set of possibilities into the mix when it comes to UFOs. Uh, And so for us, you and I, Chris, and everyone else, Talking about this subject, there's so much stuff to digest, and you're trying to make heads or tails about what to believe. I I, I have to believe it all at this point. I'm going to believe everything, and then I'll sort through the details later because I think a lot of it will will, will shake out. But for us to think that we're going to build laser blasters to take these things down that, by all accounts, have been around for uh, a couple thousand years um, doesn't seem very practical. Unless you want to just squirrel every ounce, every penny uh, away from the public of the United States and eventually Earth through like a, a, a global space tax. Maybe.
0: Yes. And I also like the idea of space ISIS. Like uh, yep. Greer keeps using the term uh, alien false flag in this Cosmic Hoax documentary. I like the idea. Of, I mean, like we have to go. We have to go over there for their space oil and their space opium.
4: Get space ISIS, the um, the documentary that uh, I, I haven't seen Cosmic Ho- Hoax. Did Greer feature Richard Doty in that one? Uh, you know, I didn't, take a, take I didn't pay much I'll attention to back.
0: names. I watched it once all the way through, and then second time just going around to find pertinent clips. But um,
4: I did, yeah, I'll take I just, a look through know. right now and see if he is because Greer did use Doty, uh, a known disinformation agent in unacknowledged, which uh, people could say that that tainted the uh, Greer at that point. You know, Greer is then participating in some sort of disinformation campaign. It's it's like it's like they're playing two. It's like if Bluebeam is is real. They're playing two sides of the fence. They're playing the information that they're sending out to the normies, which is they want to get the normies to believe that there is an alien presence and that they're a threat and that we can fight them and then on the other side they're also controlling that information with is like people like us like that it is an alien false flag generated by elements within the pentagon and the deep state and and corporations that are are at the the heart of manufacturing this threat so they're controlling both sides of it and either side might not be true so that means there there has to be maybe a third option a third option which is that our total structure of government is completely compromised by non-human elements and that uh, we are completely out of control with policy agendas and laws and that we have been taken over from the inside out and that this whole process is for us humans to fight with each other because the true alien threat is not recognized and it's it's already within us
0: yes so the interdimensional lizard people as we know Factually, run most of the government. So maybe they are at war with the Greys or something, and they are trying to trick humanity into fighting their war for them against the Greys.
4: Something like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I mean, that's a speculation. Uh, no, it's that's a fact. just. I, I mean, that's just like a, you're just making stuff up. But um, <laughs> it may, maybe something like that because obviously we're seeing you know the media uh, working in overtime to get us humans to fight with each other based upon political belief and party. And not that it's not that far of a, a leap to say, well, the next step in a uh, in division is to have all the humans that are left over, uh, rally against, uh, an alien species that, uh, we don't know everything about, but we'll try to go against. So.
0: <clears throat> yeah. It's interesting. You played that clip earlier of the, um, government run abductions that are actually posing as aliens, because that was where the rest of this clip led right into, uh, from Cosmic Hoax here.
2: There was, in fact, a manipula- my, my conclusion, the conclusion of scientists working with me, was that there was, in fact, a manipulation taking place, and that it was not a hoax on the part of the witnesses, but a hoax on the part of somebody much better organized than no. the...
6: In Ballet's book, Forbidden Science 4, he describes a smoking gun document that confirms what Doty said in an entry date. So it was Doty? Yep document that confirms what Doty said. In an entry dated Thursday, 26th of March, 1992, Valet writes, I have secured a document confirming that the CIA simulated UFO abductions in Latin America as psychological warfare experiments. We reached out to Dr. Valet and asked him if we could publish the document In this film, he refused and tried to blame the producers of this film for his decision to not release it. Unfortunately, others in the UFO research community have similar evidence of this cosmic false flag, but are afraid to come forward publicly. This lack of courage or integrity or both is precisely why the secrecy persists. I also asked Richard Doty about the last card scenario using the military lingo for false flag, deceptive INW, which stands for Deceptive Indications and Warnings. Have you been exposed or did you come across in, in your career and your network um, the, the false INW or, or the deceptive indication and warnings projects
3: related to this? Yes. And what did you find out about those? Um, that's pretty cla- that's pretty hush. That's I don't think I should talk about that.
6: Yeah. yeah. Me where I mean, that's when I briefed the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency. That was the main subject.
3: That is, um, yeah, that's very uh, sensitive. Yeah, it's very, very sensitive. Yeah, extremely. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll just pass that question,
1: huh? <laughs> <laughs>
4: So are you to believe him there? I mean, so Richard Doty, that guy talking right there, is a retired master sergeant who worked as a special agent for the Air Force Office of Special Investigations. He holds a bachelor's degree in uh, police science from Chapman College. Uh, After his retirement from the, uh, the Air Force, he worked as a consultant for the Defense Intelligence Agency. From 91 to 92, after that, he started working for New Mexico State Police as a division patrol sergeant. But, you know, if you're that dipped into the intelligence uh, community, you probably always are. So uh, among ufologists, Doty is a controversial figure because of his work for the Air Force of Special Investigations, where he worked as a counterintelligence disinformation agent. He probably is best known for giving disinformation to Paul Benowitz and Linda Moulton Howe for orchestrating a campaign to discredit Paul Benowitz. And Paul Benowitz was featured in the movie Mirage Men, uh, where essentially they gaslit Paul Benowitz uh, to the point where he had he was committed to a, a psych ward because he was just uh, used over and over again because Paul Benowitz accidentally, uh, got, uh, heard some signals that, uh, that were being produced and witnessed some weird things at a, at a, at an air force base. So, uh, the gas lit him in and, and threw him off the, the path that he was on. And Doty was at the center of that. And then you, we hear in that Greer is talking to Doty and Greer is not questioning what Doty is saying one bit, like, are you gaslighting us right now, Doty? Are you just lying?
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, the whole thing is suspect to me. Um, I it's like I, I just have I've seen lots of evidence of UFOs and phenomenons, but no evidence that it's not just people doing it. But I mean, I'm I'm sure there's life out there somewhere else in the universe, but. Um, it's like that old Bill that's Hicks what, joke. Why do they only show up? Why only they make? They only land in like, uh, you know, the woods of Alabama. They're not landing in Manhattan or the White House lawn.
4: Well, in that clip that you played, they they talked about um, faking alien abductions. Specifically, they, they they mentioned Latin America, and this has been going on for a long time. So, if that's true. They've had not only the ability to do some sort of like teleportation kind of, of tricks with technology, but also change their appearance, manipulate people's minds, their memories and perception of how they perceive the reality right now and, and do all that going back to the 50s and 60s. Here, let me recount this one little thing, this one little story from the 60s in, in Brazil. And so they've had this technology for a while. And so listen to this story and think about it if it was to be if this is all a hoax. Okay? this is all a hoax. So here it is. This is from uh, May 1969, a 24 year old soldier. He was out fishing at a lagoon. This is in Brazil. When he heard voices. Uh, He became aware of some figures moving behind him. He felt a burst of light striking his leg. He dropped his fishing pole and and fell to his knees. Uh, Then uh, two uh, entities, two beings, two humanoids about four foot tall, uh, wearing aluminum like suits and what appeared to be helmets, uh, grabbed a hold of him and dragged him to an object sitting on a dirt road. The object was shaped like an upright cylinder, had uh, a black platforms on each end Uh, the guy uh, the soldier was taken aside where these uh, humanoids put their helmets on him Uh, at that point the soldier said he felt the craft start to rise the beings talked uh, very uh, actively among themselves in a language that uh, he did not recognize after a long period of time he felt a a jarring sensation that suggested that the, the craft just landed again the soldier was then blind, blindfolded and led to a large room where they removed the, the blindfold. He stood in front of an extremely hairy and slightly taller humanoid than the rest of them. Uh, his, his, the hair was about waist long, reddish and wavy on these hairy little humanoids. When the uh, the others took off their helmets, That's they like were foot. all... Yeah, like almost like a miniature Bigfoot, about four to five feet tall. The others took off their their space helmets. They all kind of looked the same, kind of like ugly, you know, uh, what we perceive to be ugly little Bigfoot faces. So, ugh. The soldiers, uh, the soldier watched the beans, and uh, at one point, more than a dozen were in the room. They examined his fishing equipment. They took. One of every item that he had, and if he had duplicates, they just took one. Like, oh, you got fishing lures? I'm going to grab one of those. You, have, you got two fishing poles? I get one. Uh, so later, the soldier noticed that uh, the the low shelf the bodies had on uh, <clears throat> the men, the lower shelf, uh, were kind of all kind of disfigured. So below the waist, they are kind of like disfigured. Not not like us, per se. Um, and then uh, the, the dwarf leader... Uh, started to interrogate the soldier about the weapons capability of not just the Brazilian army, because he was a soldier, but humans in general. And they started communicating using uh, gestures and drawings and a little telepathy here and there. The soldier became fairly uncomfortable about the interrogation he was receiving from this dwarven leader about, the the human's capability to fight back and so the soldier grabbed the crucifix around his neck and started to pray and and he got down on his knees and started to pray to to jesus christ uh this upset the 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 leader dwarf he was like what the heck is going on here i don't like that you're you're praying uh you shouldn't be doing that he ripped talking to god the other day and i said He uh, he he took the crucifix, uh, he ripped the crucifix off of the soldier's neck, threw it away. And the soldier was then blindfolded, taken back down to earth, dropped off and he was missing for four or five days. Kind of like what Travis Walton experienced. Uh, So in the soldier's mind, he was gone for a few hours. But in actuality, he had disappeared for four days. Now, so what do you make of that?
0: Is that is that all? Is that all time? To, fake? If he was taken out into space, and we assume that's what happened, there's all these theories from scientists, which I don't know how you would prove this, but they seem to say if you're traveling fast enough or far enough out in space, a lot more time will have passed on Earth.
4: Yeah, but is that a, is that a CIA? Um, <laughs> I mean, con- I construction.
0: I think they can in, definitely implant false memories and have had that capability for a while, but it seems impractical. Just to agree with you that, like, it seems very impractical, and th- it, there would be. You could accomplish the same or similar goals with just television propaganda. Why do you have to abduct people and, and do things to them and have guys in costumes freaking them out and yelling at them and stuff? Yeah. I mean, it seems like that probably. Uh, either that guy had a psychotic break, or he actually went out into space, um,
4: or something else totally happened, or something else happened uh, yeah. altogether. So your Jack point, Ville. I would doubt
0: that they're actually the government's kidnapping all these people and <laughs> doing that that kind of stuff to him. Because yeah, it just seems overly complicated.
4: And what does? I'm 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 open to the possibility, and uh, but Jack Valet uh, one of the most significant UFO researchers when it comes to abductions and and uh, humanoid encounters uh, looked into this, and Jack Valet points out that uh, this story has striking parallels between uh, other UFO encounters and initiation ordeal. So uh, Jack Valet uh, says. Initiation rituals are characterized by the following general scenes. The candidate is confronted by members of an occult group wearing a special costume. They're blindfolded. They are led by the arm along a rough and difficult route, taken, to, taken into a specially designed chamber with no windows, uh, is brought into the presence of a master or uh, the leader, and is given a test and made to answer questions. He has shown a variety of symbols designed to remind him of death. The situation suggests that he may not survive the ordeal. He is given ritual food or drink, is blindfolded again, and let outside. All these elements are present in this case that I just conveyed here. That maybe what we're dealing with is that it's not... Aliens necessarily, and the blue beam scenario is not necessarily uh, the CIA or our deep state, but these are something else, something else that these abductions are rituals performed by entities that are neither outside our solar system or man made. That is something completely unique and different, and it is beneficial to the deep state to, to make certain people believe that these creatures are either extraterrestrial or man-made for a false flag. Because the third option, which is that they're demons and interdimensional, is so far-fetched and hard to control that we can't combat that. You can combat aliens with laser beams and you can fight a false flag scenario because you're fighting a deep state in humans. But the third option, very little recourse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, and it, there's stories going back, uh, about gnomes and goblins and leprechauns and stuff for thousands of years, werewolves, vampires. So there had to be some kind of truth to some of that. And, uh, maybe people back then weren't as, there was less, uh, you know, the education system and yada, yada, yada. People might have kept their, uh, Childlike innocence longer to be able to uh, peek through the veil and see those types of dimensions.
4: Um, You got any more clips of that movie? I'm I'm, now I'm going to watch the entire thing and dissect it.
0: I I do have one more from that, and then,
4: um,
0: and then I got some stuff on Tom DeLonge and Alizanto, and then a couple more career clips. So I'll just power through these real quick. Uh, This is what is this? This is about Lockheed Skunkworks, and I guess they have UFOs, and uh, I thought we might be able to call Lockheed martin and see if they'll sell us a ufo too in 1984 i got my chance to go to the skunk works I'm working on things that defy imagination
6: meanwhile We published a letter that was written to Ben Rich, the head of the Lockheed Skunk Works. And and the person writing was a friend of, of Ben Rich and said, are these UFOs ours or extraterrestrial? And Ben Rich writes back, they're both. He acknowledges that they are both extraterrestrial and ours. Now, this is not some ufologist. This is the head of the Lockheed Skunk Works, the premier aerospace engineering entity, arguably, in the world. All right. See if they'll
0: pick up. I've,
4: it's a little early. I've heard that too.
0: This is the only number I could find. Might not be a good way to.
4: Who are we calling? Lockheed
0: Martin. <laughs> See if they'll give us a UFO, man. They probably won't pick up. Too early. They're probably not open. Oh. Hello? Hello? Well, maybe next time. I guess Lockheed Martin isn't open till nine or ten. Yeah, yeah.
4: Hello, hello, hello!
0: <laughs> oh, geez, oh man. Um. Okay. Well, uh, next the next clip I got here on the docket. Uh, yeah, the two the stars. This was actually. Have you ever heard or seen Armored Skeptic on YouTube? I have not. No, back in 2017 or 2018, he deconstructed this the whole to the stars thing uh, and the U F the like resurgence of UFO coverage in the news. And uh, this was part three. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, this is just a look inside of uh, kind of brief look inside the world of Tom DeLonge
5: and what he. This punk rock star comes along has inside information dropped in his. F- lap, he's gifted the highest award the community has to offer, and he can't even bother to come to the goddamn conference to accept the award? To add insult to injury, Tom's demeanor in this video makes it appear as if he does not take this award seriously. He arrogantly and presumptuously acts like an accomplished ufologist, a god amongst them that knows everything that they all wish they knew, a true insider who's earned his position at the top. There's a
1: lot that I can't say. Um... But there's some that i can and uh i'm so appreciative that i've been acknowledged for this stuff but i'm not done i kind of used some of my notoriety um to try and do something pretty ambitious and it worked and spends most of the video
5: trying to relate to everyone and convince them that he's one of them
1: i'm just like you guys i've spent 20 years up all night reading about Roswell, Dulce, Serpo, uh, Churchill, the crashes here, Nazis building craft there, and Antarctica, and what's on Mars, and what's on the back of the moon, and structures, and anomalous, this and that, I mean, I've done it all. I know it all. I read all the same authors as you guys, hundreds of books. I look at all the same sites, I listen to all the coast-to-coast stuff that you guys do. I'm the same. Which really
5: just serves to highlight exactly how detached Tom really is from the rest of the UFO community. He wouldn't even need to say any of this if it was true. This finally brings us to the infamous live stream where DeLong, along with four former members of the CIA, NSA, and Department of Defense, along with one current member of the CIA, announced the inception of To the Stars Academy. In this live stream, they explain that UFOs and UFO technology are very, real, and they represent a bright new future for humanity. Tom again comes across as aloof, detached, and immature. Elizondo speaks of his experience with UFOs as director of the Advanced Unidentified Aerial Threat Program. I ran a sensitive aerospace threat identification program focusing on unidentified aerial technologies. It was in this position I learned that the phenomenon is indeed real.
0: Now, there's, this is what I'm trying to figure out right now. There's some kind of disconnect or narrative switch that happened because to the stars where Alizondo and these other spooks were at, they said they were building anti-gravity craft that they were going to unveil to the public soon and that this was like a positive, good thing. The alien, the UFOs, we're going to bring like great, endless energy supplies to humanity and stuff like this. So why are now Alizondo and some of these same guys going on Tucker 60 minutes and saying we don't know what they are and they're a threat and we don't know how they work
4: yeah there and and also you you hear in that that delong was excited he wanted to be a man of the people and he's interested in all the same topics that uh, the rest of the ufo community is but then when he started to form the Two of the stars academy He started to become detached, and I've listened to uh, DeLong's uh, story about how he was running around and that he was getting information from these people, and he was, you know, super paranoid. Uh, Maybe something like this happened, where DeLong created this group, and then he went, oh, crap, I've been taken for a ride, that I have become the new Paul Benowitz, where I I have become Mirage man By these people around me and that he was so caught up with this information. He was so caught up with being an insider with the information and trying to get the stuff out. He didn't take a time. He didn't take the time to step back and and uh, consider if he was being used or not. And maybe he figured it out that he was actually being used, hence his recent detachment and hence why he's not really being pushed up front. Maybe he maybe or maybe he said, I'm making a deal with the devil. I know I'm being used. But, kind of like richard uh doland, it's better to get the information out than get all the true and most correct information out like some information is better than none is probably what he's maybe saying, same with doland so is is two the stars doing anything now? I think they're kind of defunct like I know they so they had an option on their website where you could buy stock in the company. I think you could purchase like a piece of stock for 100 or 200 bucks. Um, I don't know if that's still happening. I think they're they actually might be bankrupt at this time. Well, I covered them quite frequently ranging from they had initiatives to to create micro uh, microsatellites to to get them get those up in the orbit. Like you said they were working on real tech. They had real scientists and engineers trying to work on some of this the at least the ideas uh, in the ufo community of, of trying to produce this ufo technology i don't know if they've ever done anything with it and they uh, they it also seem like when i looked into it they were just making
0: yeah movies and stuff
4: like it was a production yeah. company that's uh, the propaganda arm to this thing which strikes to me as uh, project Bluebeam, where we need to get a message out let's use the resources and clout of the long to do that yeah maybe one thing i forgot maybe, <laughs> maybe Oh, go ahead. maybe this is how maybe this is how disconnected the the, the deep state is that they think that Delong carries uh, massive massive influence <laughs> through the culture or maybe that's he's the own that's the only rock star that they could get the only place Tom Delong carries
0: cloud is in a couple of my friends who never got out of their teenaged angst years
4: I, I'm not gonna shit on the guy uh, I use to talent- He's a he's a talented musician. I don't like it like all his songs, but he he made some uh, yeah, so some catchy Smith. stuff. You know, <laughs> um,
0: one thing I forgot to mention uh, uh, I meant to mention it while we were still on the Cosmic Cosmic Hoax documentary, but uh, Greer the the main problem I have well, there's two problems with the uh, Greer in that documentary in, in particular. One, he says stuff very matter of factly. But as far as I can tell, really doesn't back a lot of it up. Like we know what the aliens are, where they're from, and that they're not a threat. And it's like, well, I'd like to see some evidence of that. He just is very matter of fact about it. Um, That's a lot of stuff like that. But then also the documentary, and uh, this is a spoiler, but it ends as an ad for his app, like CP5 or something.
4: Uh, yeah it's uh, the the contact protocols the uh, close encounters of the fifth kind protocols where it's a it's a meditation protocol to where you can uh, use meditation and thought to contact higher dimensional or extra dimensional or extra terrestrial beings so uh, it might be advertised for that and yes he does uh, go into... Um, the motivation like of of some of these entities where it's like positive. They're here for our benefit, but I've read a good number of these cases and I, and I can speculate that maybe 60 to 70% of the abduction scenarios do not seem to be positive to us humans where if these, if at face value, let's just say that these are genuine alien abductions. They're not like military abductions. The, the genuine alien abductions, it appears to be 60 to 70 percent, they they appear to be disinterested or callous in us humans, that we are just there to be studied, uh, strapped down, and to be used by them with without much consideration to the long-term effects, like psychologically or physically, to us. They're indifferent. They're not like evil for the most part and they're not like here to help us now there are instances in ufo encounters where it is a, a positive experience with the with the human involved but that seems to be fairly rare from what i've read so far and usually when that happens when there's a an extremely positive encounter that happens one on one when there are groups of aliens ranging uh, in, in in groups of threes or 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 six or higher than that they're there to research you and the environment and how you feel about the situation doesn't matter to them you are simply a variable in their experiment
0: yeah now greer's premise is that the from what he implies at least is every alien is completely uh Malevolent is that the right word? They're friendly. Just
4: malevolent b- is friendly. Malevolent.
0: Oh, they are evil. completely malevolent. All the aliens are, and any negative interaction with an alien must have been a CIA squadron in a UFO or something. That's kind of what he implies. Um, and that's, I know, there's just there's a lot of leaps in logics that Greer does. How do you but, pay,
4: how do you prove that?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I, but um, he's still way more believable. Then alizondo uh, going back to this to
5: the stars club, focusing on unidentified aerial technologies it was in this position I learned that the phenomena is indeed real bull this guy this fucking guy in every interview he does does this believe me it's true face and it
0: <laughs> this is absolutely true this is something I picked up on early on and uh the way he freeze frames Elizondo's face during these interviews throughout this video that I'll put in the show notes is pretty spot on because he really does, it's like almost like a visual tell he does where he's like, yeah, I guess, Mm, it's real. Mm." And he looks in the camera like Larry David or something. It's really weird.
4: Well, after the appearance of uh, Tom DeLonge on the Joe Rogan podcast, which was a few years ago, there was a switch. When it, came, when it comes to the face of the to the Stars Academy and the information being put out by, uh, by that organization, it seems like after that appearance on Rogan, something happened behind the scenes where they said, "Listen, Tom, thanks for getting us to where we are, but Lou is going to do all the pre- the press henceforth because he has the, the resume, he's got the credibility, and he doesn't seem like a loose cannon.
0: Yeah, Tom and so I, I came did, across that's as happened. just a real dimwit in that um, Pink nah, Troop actually. I'm not going to be first, that hard on him. I mean, I'm he, not was, be that hard he was on pulling him. up literal videos of, he was saying they have a UFO they're building or have. He wouldn't really be specific. And he was pulling up a video that was verifiably actually a balloon floating, like a helium balloon. And that was his evidence he showed to Joe. I was like, come on, dude. But yeah, Pink Troop made a great uh, video of that. It was one of his first videos.
4: One of uh so one of the only pieces of news I have on Tom DeLong, you can search Tom DeLong and this is the most recent piece. It's from August uh early August, so about three days ago. Like Tom DeLong is uh, quoted in MSN.com uh, MSNB or MSN dot com piece of news in reference to the new UFO series on Netflix. And Tom DeLong is just talking about UFOs. this could be just a rewrite of stuff he said in the past, but this is the newest thing. Like I've seen of of Tom DeLonge and just I'll read the the last part of this interview where he's he is quoted as saying, my brother and I were into the whole Star Wars thing, obviously, in the early 80s. It just kind of led me to thinking a little bit broader, commenting on UFO sightings prior to the recent reports from the Pentagon. DeLonge said he is looking to the U.S. government for answers, quote, we've been waiting around for scholars and researchers on the subject for many decades and hoping to God that one day the government would come out and acknowledge what this is, he said. So they're waiting for the government to tell them what to think. And if you're waiting on that, then whatever answer you get, I, I, how can you believe it? Yeah. And so we're we're, we're kind of getting drips of that right now through Lou Elizondo, like, which we don't we don't even know if he still works for them or not.
0: Well, Aggie, yeah, I have a little bit about that in a in the rest of this clip that I paused, but. Yeah, that's basically like waiting for the government who has been covering up UFO stuff to tell you what the UFOs are. Is like saying, yeah, there was a cover up on 9-11. I'm going to wait till that 9-11 commission report comes out so we know what happened. It's like, uh, <laughs> good luck with
5: that. And it pisses me off every time. My personal belief is that uh, there is very compelling evidence that we, uh, we may not be alone. Elizondo was interviewed later about his connection to DeLong's company. You would assume that he left the UFO threat program because it was defunded, but apparently he left well after that. Did he leave to join Tom's company? My decision to leave the U.S. government was before I ever knew anything about To The Stars Academy of Arts and Science.
0: So of all the characters in this, and wondering who's a disinfo guy or not, I think Elizondo stinks the most.
4: Like, that guy's... shady in my opinion so he may have he like in that statement he may not been lying he may have left the u.s government but he still could work for the corporation who is in fully control who's in full control of some of this technology like he could be on the payroll going to work for pfizer same idea something like that yeah he might not be lying there
0: yeah i mean probably not but uh and and like I said, the, the the thing, and I need to do more research on this because it's something I just started thinking about when I went back in to look at To the Stars Academy. Is like I said, why why was it we have UFO technology, anti gravity technology, and we're going to build it? And To the Stars is going to be releasing all this stuff, and then these same spooks like Alizondo and a couple others are now saying we don't know what they are and they're a threat to our air in our airspace. It's like. There was a narrative switch or something.
4: Yeah, there's a narrative switch. And I think for people that are curious about the subject, look to where the media is most resistant to report on and talk about. And one of those is uh, the possibility that these craft are from our own Earth, Uh, whether it's hollow Earth or deep inside caverns that uh, these entities and this technology has been around for 10,000 years, and that there was some cataclysm. We want to call it the the collapse of Atlantis or the destruction of Lumeria. Maybe uh, that uh, these civilizations were wiped out tens of thousands of years ago due to, due to some worldwide cataclysm, and that their technology and that civilization was forced underground to survive. Meanwhile, us humans appear on the surface evolved and created civilization and societies in a different way, having to start back at square one, whereas the inner earth civilization that was remnants of Atlantis and Lumeria were jump started with their technology that has been around for a long time. And so they would occasionally come up to the surface, check up on us. Like they were like some kind of big brother to us just to make sure we weren't going too crazy up here. And we are basically experiencing a parallel civilization. That we got one that is super advanced on the interior or the bottom of the ocean. And then you got us up here on the surface that think that we're top shit and we're not.
0: Yeah, or they could be like from, you know, behind the ice wall in the flat earth model. They could just be like, you know, there's way more
4: land out there. We just don't know about. So they just hop over the ice wall or go on in the flat earth model. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really subscribe to uh, the flat earth model as do, uh. most flat Earthers subscribe to it. I subscribe to it as if it is true, then it is part of the simulation where we are on a round Earth simultaneously as a flat Earth. It is just whatever is easiest to render for the simulation at that point in time. You do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. (laughs) You're attacking science. I do. I attack science <laughs> 24/ 7. Uh, I love science.
0: Oh man. Uh, should I have had the clip should I have had the science clip pulled
4: up, right?: I got this one.
5: As attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science.
4: <laughs> Is that uh, the one you're looking for? I was looking for this yeah. one.
1: Scientists do science.
4: Scientists do. <laughs> do <laughs> science. That's a good one too. I like that one. That's a fun one. Scientists do science. Woof, got that one. Yeah.
1: Scientists do science.
0: It's a good one. Okay, so uh, I have two clips left, and uh, as we kind of wind up.
4: Real quick. Are scientists scientists doing science right now when it comes to UFOs? Or, Or were they doing science in the 50s and 60s? I understand scientists require evidence to do experiments. They need to do repeatable experiments in order to come up with a hypothesis. But it seems like a lot of scientists won't even engage in these thoughts uh, because it is so uh, outside the the realm of uh, acceptability when it comes to their career and society, what is acceptable in society that they won't even touch the UFO stuff. Now, maybe some scientists will start doing science in relation to this stuff. Maybe we'll see.
0: Well, the, the sci- it's not about the credit, but the scientists who are already into UFOs and ufoology they get the credit. But it's not, it's not about credit, but it is. But it is. Um, I think they okay, should so do that. Greer was on Logan Paul's podcast.
4: Oh. <laughs> Have you seen this? I, I love Logan Paul. I like Jake Paul. I think they do great journalism. I like Paul Rudd the best of the
0: three Paul brothers. Um, yeah, so... They surprisingly, I mean, Logan Paul has some good guests on there. It's, um, but the problem is, cloud dude, the guy got the guy has a lot of followers, so he gets some guests. Him and his friends are annoying as hell, but yes, and it's like yeah, way too much going on on the shows. But Alex killed it on there. Uh, Riley Reed deep throated a microphone, so they have some good episodes. Um, Okay, yeah. So this is Greer on Logan Paul. There's a couple of tidbits in here that I thought were pretty interesting.
5: Have you seen Buzz Aldrin uh, punch that guy in the face?
0: <laughs> oh, no, I didn't see him punch the Oh, by the way, the, you know who Bart Sabrell is, right? No. The, who is the, he? The guy that Buzz Aldrin punched in the face. Oh, yeah, yeah I've seen that movie. I didn't movies. know his name. Yeah, yeah, I've actually hung name, out but... with him a couple times in Nashville, and that guy is wacky. I'm sure. Yeah, he was telling me back in 2015, he was telling me, and he was adamant about this that in 2016, Planet X or Planet Nibiru would crash into Earth and kill us all. And he was dead serious.
4: When was this supposed to happen?
0: He told me in 2015 that it was going to happen in 2016.
4: Well, uh, not to jump to another topic, but there is a lot of people out there that are still on the Planet, planet X kick. There, it's it's, a, it's a, a huge thing still. And people thought it was 2012. 2015, 2016, it keeps getting pushed out and out, much like a lot of predictions by the Q people. Uh, they just keep pushing out the date. So I don't, I, I'm I interested in Planet X, and uh, but eh,
0: what are you going to do? Anytime there's an exact date um, that anybody gives for anything like that, whether it's you know the second coming of Christ or Planet Nibiru or an asteroid impact
4: or whatever, it never pans out. that's another thing real quick. So real quick. I don't I hate to do this to you, but I I like predictions that have firm dates. Therefore, you can call BS and call into question any further predictions and a lot of the predictions that are given to UFO abductees, a good chunk of them when it comes to uh, revelations about the future. You're abducted by UFO. They they experiment on you. And then, by the way, they show you a slideshow of events to come and it's usually like worldwide destruction collapse all that kind of stuff um and a lot of those predictions that are given to human abductees don't come to fruition so it seems like a lot of humans are being fed a bunch of bs about future events what
0: if there's a total spitball in here what if they th- misinter- they're misinterpreting uh the i mean i'm coming up with a steer on the fly so probably won't make sense but what if they're what if the humans that get abducted and get these visions of cataclysm and all this stuff what if they are misinterpreting it and it's not actually a prediction of the future but it's aliens showing them the history of what happened to the ancient civilization and the history of the species
4: could be or it's uh they're showing them visions of what we're going to do to you if you don't uh fly right <laughs> <Keep> <laughs> up you and think fly you're right. going to kill little mentally retarded children oh don't use the word retarded just kill them yeah. I have to do it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Is that funny? It's pretty funny. Um, Let's rip through these clips. Let's do it. Yes, yeah, so I got i I'll, I'll, stop, I'll
0: stop interrupting you. No, you're good. Uh, so, uh, did I even? Oh yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't even get, get through the clip. I have you seen Buzz right.
5: Aldrin uh, punch that guy in the face? <laughs> oh, no, I didn't see him punch the guy. It in is incredible. Point. Yeah. I, uh,
6: d- I do know what he saw when we landed, but he can't talk about it. His sister confirmed it to what? me. What did Mo- you, what? Moon base? What's going on right now? When we landed on the moon, there was a, around that crater above where we landed, uh, there were multiple ET craft that were just hovering there watching.
2: And, Yo, and uh, that is the, true. That's 100% the, true. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, yeah. the phones. Yep. This ain't yep. good. Whoa. Or maybe it is. They're just checking them out. You, yep.
6: Like an audience. They were going, you know, hmm, that's interesting. These guys are up here, and it's like 1969, the Cold War is going on. And the Apollo mission was a militarized operation competing with the Soviet Union. (laughs) So we were viewed as as trying to go into space in a divisive and uh, war-making way. I mean, the space program ostensibly was civilian, but it was really a proxy for the Cold War. That's the truth.
5: Right. So you're telling me when Buzz aldrin stepped on the moon he saw five extraterrestrial aircrafts well i don't i think there were
6: more, more than that i think just well,
5: watching him that, step on the take his
6: first step on the moon uh well actually neil armstrong yeah, yeah. was the first, no, his his first, first step, step, By the way, no, I I watch him buzz take his first step yes buzz aldrin was second um you yeah, my uncle was
0: involved with that because he helped design the lunar module that carried them there. and that's why greer believes the moon landing's real i figured that out in that clip
4: well, well, I mean, word. I I believe we went to the moon too, and uh, we all know that Buzz Lightyear took the first step on the moon. I'm surprised <laughs> that the the Logan Paul didn't say when uh, Buzz Lightyear t- was on the moon. You know, <laughs> I think we went to the moon. Uh, I think it's it's a it's a mix of both, and uh, that there was. I, uh,
0: I believe if we went to the moon, we have a base up there. But either way, it seems pretty clear that everything we saw was fake PR.
4: Yeah, I think they did. They, they did their uh, their work up front to make sure that they filmed and they had uh, a good pre-production uh, just in case footage, just in case the, the footage from the moon didn't work out. They had something to fall back on. That's the smartest maneuver. Like, if you're doing that kind of operation where it was a space race, it's a, it's a war propaganda. Why would you leave any variable open no you, you cover all your bases meaning that you have footage made just in case it didn't transmit from the moon so i believe they went to the moon and also they had to fake some footage to prove that they were actually on the moon both can be true i i don't i don't nah. buy into this uh binary situation where, where it's uh, like one or the e- other yes yeah, one or the other ets are are, are real or Blue beam's real, so therefore, there are no ATs. There's a mix here. Yeah, and the, the truth is always somewhere in between. Now, um... Oh, I just lost, totally
0: lost my train of thought. Call Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I'll just continue Go this clip away. until I think of it.
4: I, you have the I am tired clip. Oh, boy, where is that? I am tired. I am. Tired. Oh, man. I, I'm, I'm still getting used to all my... My new sound sound effect layout, sorry. It's going
3: down, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa.
6: Take his first step. Yes. Buzz Aldrin was second. Um, you know, my uncle was involved with that because he helped design the lunar module that carried them there. But, uh, you know, you know that footage, highly classified. They say they've lost it. NASA, did you see that in the news not mm-hmm. long ago? We, we lost the original footage from <laughs> the moon landing. I mean, the most
0: important event in, in the history of mankind. <laughs> we just lost it. And, you know, gee, you know, my dog ate the homework. So he had an interesting take there of why they lost the footage, and it wasn't because it was fake footage that was too obvious, which is what I've always thought is like we they didn't want to show us all this extra footage because it looks too fake. But Greer's take is no, there was aliens on the moon, and that's what that footage shows. I can see that. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Now this is the last clip I got, and uh, yeah, more Greer on Logan Paul. This one, this is still uh, referring to the aliens. That Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong saw when they Buzz got, Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear, and and uh, Woody saw when they got to the moon. Woody Harrelson,
1: can you imagine you're landing on uh, the moon and you look across the way and this thing's watching you? Yeah, that's fucking scary, you but t- they knew shit.
5: beforehand. Well, you can do what? Have you seen the picture the, that, of them at the press conference when they got back mm. that you can tell they're just like, yo, this like, we're freaked out. We're freaked yeah, out. Yeah, we yeah. want to yeah, yeah. say so something." so
1: why, why, why could he not say anything?
6: Well, I invited Neil Armstrong to the disclosure project event, at the national press club and his really good friend of his who was on my team said he was informed that he, his wife, his kids and his grandkids would all be killed if he did that, that, that there would wow. someone way or another, they'd end up in accidents or something. And that's true, it's really serious stuff. I know, I know we're joking around a lot, Jeez. but, so I said, well, look, you know, I'm not, I understand the pressure a man like that's under, so, you know, we'll, we'll have some other people there.
1: So. Like, yeah, you think they'd be stoked, and then they, like, I mean, they're not looking too, too happy that's, there. That is why. So what about were, Buzz, well, has
5: Buzz hit you up? Or have has you Buzz hit, Buzz hit you? Has Buzz uh, hit you Has up? he punched
1: you in the face yet? <laughs> so do you think <laughs> no, no. Uh,
0: no, no, Buzz never hit me. No, is the, you think I that's. I uh... am
5: tired.
0: <laughs> there you go. Do you think that's true about the? Uh... Do you believe Greer that Neil Armstrong didn't come to the uh, UFO conference to speak because about the aliens they saw on the moon because Buzz and his his family, his children and grandchildren, would all be killed?
4: I, I mean, it's an interesting story. I, I I like that story, but what if? What if uh, Buzz uh, didn't like his family? He's like, I'm tired. I've been married long enough. My grandkids are assholes. Oh, so I, meant, fuck it. I meant Neil Armstrong. If I <laughs> oh, said, Buzz. same with Neil, whatever. Um, uh, I don't know. I'd like to think that's true. I mean, that's a pretty interesting kind of uh, anecdote right there.
0: Yeah. The The reason I brought those clips is because I'd always looked at, you know, the astronauts being all sad and depressed looking and, having conflicting stories during the press conference when they got back from the moon, they all went to depressions and became alcoholics and, and, and as well as the missing footage and all that stuff, I had always looked at it. It was like, yeah, because that was fake. And if there was a moon mission, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin didn't go. Um, But Greer makes me look at it in a light I had never considered, which is the reason there was all these shenanigans is there, there were aliens waiting for them on the moon. And that's why Buzz and Neil are freaked out. And that's why they just lost a bunch of footage. I don't know. It's interesting.
4: I've heard that before. You know, that's uh, that's one of the stores in the UFO community uh, that uh, they were greeted by uh, a fleet of UFOs sitting on the ridge of a crater. And that's why a good chunk of the, the, the film is not there. But, you know, we saw video footage from the moon, allegedly. You know, maybe it was pre-production stuff. I don't know. Uh, But, yeah, why lose it? It's the most important footage in mankind, I would assume. And it's just gone. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But also, bureaucracies of that side are fairly incompetent. Um, So it's within the realm of possibility. Uh, I don't know. It it does stink, though. Uh, I want to believe that uh, there are UFOs on the moon. And that uh, there is a base there. But I would also think that if we went to the moon, and I believe we did, that we wouldn't just be there for a few times and then not use it as the high ground. Like you, you played in that clip about the George W. Bush, that we probably do have bases on the moon. And that uh, we've had them on there for a long time. It's a perfect place to observe what's going on on Earth or launch some kind of counterattack or communi- communication relay. We got some sort of operation going on on the moon, I believe, at this point in time.
0: I saw a video that was going around Twitter. I wish I could find it. I think I was looking for it when maybe Cretchid was on here. I lost track of it, but it's very convincing if it's fake. Somebody with a, a telescopic camera zooming way up towards the moon, and you see this craft. It looks like a like a docking... Uh, or what would you call it like a um, like an aircraft carrier made for space or something sure. and goes around the side of the moon and on towards the back side and it looked real convincing I was like wow it, I know there's a lot of people that claim to have footage of things going around to the back side of the moon um, but yeah if we went in yeah, 69 I'd say cool. it's very unlikely that there's not a Israeli base on the back with lizard people
4: uh I, yeah, I would be kind of foolish not to exploit that and uh, have a presence on the moon at this point in time. Uh, in the in the book, uh, the day after Roswell, uh, written by Colonel uh, Corso, I believe his name, uh, Philip Corso. He uh, in that book talks about uh, being part of the Pentagon and the the research and development arm of the Pentagon and having crashed material and and farming that out to various corporations to duplicate and research that uh, UFO material. But he also talks about moon bases and uh, coming across uh, blueprints and plans for having bases on the moon and published those in the book. Whether or not the Pentagon used those plans to implement moon bases or not, at least shows that they were actively considering that in the 60s and 70s. And I'm sure some version of that plan was put in motion.
0: Yeah, you would think so. The yeah. uh I mean <laughs> we went 6 times and then just stopped, didn't make much sense. Uh, Got
4: bored, you know. It's we also it kind
0: of strange that the moon is what 240,000 miles away and no human being according to the official story has been past like 320 miles from the earth's surface. Yeah. Um that can't be right. Makes no
4: Yeah, sense. I mean it's uh, it's time that Elon Musk and Branson and Bezos get us to the moon. They're up in orbit right now. Let's just go to the moon. Let's get some private entities to do it and see what happens.
0: See, Branson sent up his Virgin rocket and then uh, <laughs> Bezos went up in a big metal pecker so he could yeah. fuck the Virgin, I guess. I don't know. It was it's weird. It's bullshit. Yeah, that was, everything about that was interesting. Uh, but yeah... Um, well, Mike, thanks so much for hanging out and talking about aliens or fake aliens with me. Whatever did, whatever conclusions you came to.
4: Did we come to any conclusions? Probably not.
0: I we don't think fun, that though. we did.
4: Yeah, we talked about it. I think the most important thing to take away from this is absorb the information. Don't get caught up on one side or the other. And, uh, you know, sharing is caring, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, OBDM will be live Wednesday at 7, right?
4: Yeah, that's correct. I think we have uh, Gordo from Those Conspiracy Guys podcast. He's coming on. I think we're going to be oh, talking cool. about yeah. Bluebeam there, too, I think. Yeah, so it's, just, it's been awesome. a Bluebeam month. Yeah, he's going to be on here soon, Last
0: I Heard. So that'll be... Yeah, he's, he's awesome. You're pushing it! Yeah, so uh, OBDMPod.com or OurBigDumbMouth.com has all the links. You guys are... Finally, you've rid yourself of the boa constrictor that is YouTube,
4: from what I understand, right? For the most part, I'm going to upload clips there, but we are no longer streaming live there.
0: Yeah. Well, it's uh, DLive and Twitch. People just look up OBDM. That should come up on both those. Yep. Yeah, man. Thanks again. And uh, anything else? Did I leave anything out there? No. That's about all. That's about it. All right. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out, man. And, uh, yeah, all the links to find OBDM and Mike will be in the show notes. Thanks again, Mike. Thank you. This has been
2: a disappointment. You're pushing it. <laughs>
3: uh, I'm serious. Is that funny? It's yeah. going down. This is
0: a a
3: So, you know, i fun.
0: It's so much fun to play the Alex Jones
4: all at once. I know I do it all the time. Yeah. Even when I'm not in the show, I will just come down here and just and do it myself. Look, Look
0: at myself. that crazy lawyer. <laughs>
4: uh,
0: I'm, I'm building an archive. Like early last year, when I first started the show, I had about ten. I think I've got about 300 of them now. But I never, I can never find the one I'm looking for at the right time. But anyway, I'll let you go, man, and uh, you take it easy on this Sunday morning. It's the
4: Lord's day. I'm gonna go mow the lawn. Is that a I'm uh, mow the lawn? Is that a euphemism? No, I'm. Luckily, go there I know
3: literally everything there is to know about getting pussy.
0: Yeah. yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. I got you. All right, all right, bye, Chris. I'll talk to you soon, man. I'll see you. Bye.
5: We're gonna be getting you knee deep in some gash.
0: All right, and in memory of Trevor Moore, i will play a little Trevor Moore while I'm
1: still alive. Trevor. We really liked the last album. Oh, I mean, we really, really liked it. We loved it and have decided to give you a TV special to go along with the next one. huh? How does that make you feel? That's great. I'm so excited. Oh, so are we. So are we. We are so excited. Now, there's just a couple little uh, official things we have to get out of the way. Okay.
5: Since we're an international media company, uh, you're going to have to meet with the higher ups and go over some stuff. Is that all right?
1: Sure. Mm. Well then, uh, why don't you just show him down the hall? Yeah. No problem. Trevor, follow me. <laughs> okay.
5: Wow. Whoa. This is a cool office. I like the little fire things over there and everything. Hi, we're the-
1: oh. Hi, we're the Illuminati. Hi. Hello. All right. So we heard about your big special. We are very excited. Yeah, thanks. Me
5: too. Yeah, but before you can do a special on a major cable network, we're going to need to sign some things. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, we're also going to need you to swear a blood oath to us
1: and our cause. And if you violate this oath, we're going to murder you and everyone that you love.
5: Got it. Great. You'll also need to pledge your soul to Baphomet. He's this god that we all worship.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. He looks pretty cool. He's like a crazy goat man kind of thing.
5: <laughs> now, we will need you to include some of our messaging in your program. Oh, okay, so you mean like there's gonna be a commercial sponsor or something? No, 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 no. Not th- nothing tacky like that, no. We just want you to have some, you know, self-destructive themes. You know, like, we use a lot of hip-hop artists to glorify violence and drugs, uh, pop stars to push materialism, country acts to instill suspicion of education. Oh, okay. That sounds cool. We'll also need to film you in a lewd act with a minor to use as blackmail if you ever... Think of telling anyone about anything that happened here today.
1: Now, could I self-tape that, or is that something that you'd want me to shoot here?
5: We'd like you to do that here. Yeah. Well, finally, we're gonna need a suicide note in your own handwriting, just in case things get crazy. <laughs> I actually might have an old one on me. Um, I'm sort of a pack rat.
1: I think we're good. Trevor, do you have any questions for us?
6: Um yeah. Who killed Kennedy?
1: a
5: French sniper but it was set up by Lyndon Johnson you're right sorry that was a stupid question uh are aliens real aliens are real what are they like
1: mm-hmm. you yeah, know uh some are very cool some are mm-hmm. kind of shitty
5: mm-hmm. uh we're pretty tight with the shitty ones <laughs> is anything else anything at all uh yeah I forgot my federal ID number is it okay if I just leave that blank <sighs> yeah we can fill that in yeah. great I think that's it for me Trevor we're all looking forward to working with you.
1: Yeah, me too. And remember, just have fun with this thing.
5: But don't ever cross us, because if you do, well, we've implanted a small explosive device in your heart.
4: Mm. In a B S and a six-pack!